0: Hello, health investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Misa Pignataro. Misa is a certified health coach, an educator with a master's degree in early childhood education, a cooking instructor, and a mom of two young girls. Her mission is to help shape children's tastes one bite at a time while teaching them to love their veggies so they can live a lifetime of health and happiness. In the episode, Misa explains why it's so important to get your kids interested in cooking, her rate at game for boosting kids' exposure to new foods like vegetables, how to serve healthy snacks your kids will actually eat, and more. Before we get to the episode, I want to share one of my favorite resources with you, ThriveMarket.com. I don't know about you, but I used to think eating healthy meant I had to spend a lot of time and money at the grocery store. That is until I discovered Thrive Market. Thrive is an online grocery shopping platform that's essentially a mix of Costco, Whole Foods, and Amazon. Since Thrive delivers groceries directly to your door, they're able to cut out all middle people and heavily discount their inventory. When I buy groceries on Thrive versus going to my local supermarket, I save at least $20 per order and I'm able to fill up my cart from the comfort of my couch. To read my full Thrive Market review, steal my shopping list of over 150 items, and save additional money on your first order, visit thehealthinvestment.com slash Thrive Market or just click through the link in the show notes. All right, it's time to hear from Misa. Enjoy! Simonson, certified nutrition coach, and your host of the Health Investment Podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week, I interview experts and share no-nonsense, research-backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, eat healthy long term, have the high energy you crave and feel like a million bucks. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hi, Misa. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: I know we're both former educators. I think I've connected with a couple of other former educators here. Maybe I just sort of gravitate to them. It's yeah. like you can smell out a former teacher. Yeah. Um, but very cool that we share that in common. I'd love to hear if you could tell us a bit about your background and specifically what led you I think as you say it, you want to help busy families create healthy eating habit, habits in a highly processed fast food world. I love how you say that. Oh, thank you. What led you kind of down that path?
1: Yes. So I taught first grade for 10 years and then I became pregnant and decided I wanted to stay home um, with my girls. I have two girls now and my youngest was diagnosed with failure to thrive at one years old. She had fallen off the um, growth chart. She didn't start eating solid foods till she was two years old. And uh, our doctor at the time wanted to do um, surgery, removing her tonsils and adenoids. And um, my mom thankfully said, let's go to this naturopathic doctor and just get a second opinion. And I was not familiar at the time. This was uh, eight years ago with naturopathic and functional medicine, Um, but they're about getting to the root cause of the symptoms. So we went And my youngest daughter, Haley, had a ton of food sensitivities. She was sensitive to gluten and dairy and corn and soy and peanuts and, you know, everything that was in any processed food that you would get at the grocery store. And of course, I was still nursing. So I taught myself how to cook without all of those ingredients. And I was like, oh, this food actually tastes good and it's good for us. And so I got really into cooking and I got into um, just the food as medicine approach because we were able to heal my daughter through food, and she's thankfully thriving now. And so I went to get my health coach certification, and I missed teaching kids. So I combined my passion uh, with nutrition and teaching kids, and I started Misa's Clean Kitchen, where I started doing kids' cooking classes. And then I developed an online course helping families raise healthy eaters. And then I started doing adult cooking classes. And it's just kind of uh, happened from there.
0: Oh, cool. So you do kids and adults. Yes.
1: The parents started asking for adult classes. So I just, that's a fairly new thing. I started with kids, but now I do both.
0: Have you always liked to cook? Has that always been a passion of yours or this is a newfound Um, I've liked to cook. This
1: is a new found thing where, I mean, I grew up, my mom loved to cook, um, and she always made healthy things, but I always thought that healthy food meant boring and bland because that's what, (laughs) that's what I grew up (laughs) on, kind of boring and bland. So it was exciting to, uh, discover a whole new world of food that can be healthy and taste delicious.
0: (laughs) Right. And probably quick and simple too, right? Right, yes. to parents. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's funny as you're telling your story how you became certified as a health coach and then wanted to still help kids and pull in your teaching. Because I was the opposite. I still wanted to teach, but I did not want to work with kids anymore. Yeah. (laughs) So I think you're talking off air, you know, you taught first grade, I taught high school, I taught middle school and high school. And so my students didn't like me as much in terms of right. you know they're not leaving or bringing me cute cards they make for me right or like oh I love you Miss Simonson it was more yes. like how come you gave me this grade on this paper right <laughs> what's wrong with you Yeah. Six <laughs> so I went seven straight to adults yeah <laughs> straight to adults I'm going to teach adults so that's all I work with but it's cool that you still found a way to work with kids and adults as well and to kind of expand that's yes awesome.
1: yes I love it
0: What would you say? I think you shared one of them that maybe people have this misconception that if you are cooking, it has to, and it's healthy, it's going to be bland and boring, or maybe even complicated, something I hear a lot. Um, Even, you know, Pinterest recipes or things you see on TikTok. Right. Somebody will say simple recipe, and then they lose me because it's, they start listing off 10, 15 ingredients. And I'm more of like a Five ingredient type of person. Um, So, what would you say are some of the other misconceptions people have about eating healthy or feeding their kids healthy food? Um, Well,
1: the way I uh, feed my family, it's quick and simple meals. It doesn't have to take a long time. My meals are, you know, 15 to 30 minutes. That's all I have time for. So it can be quick. It can be simple. You know, most of our dinners is an animal protein, like grilled chicken, a baked sweet potato or some rice, and then like broccoli or a salad on the side. So very simple, very easy, nothing complicated. (laughs) And um, I think another misconception is that it's healthy. And so it's too healthy. You know, my kids won't eat it. But I think that if, um, if, parent, if we model and we expose um, consistently and we're patient, I think, you know, there are circumstances where they won't come around. But eventually, most kids will come around to trying these different healthy options over time. It does take a lot of exposure, but over time, they will come around.
0: I don't have kids yet, and I follow, though, a lot of the kind of eating or helping your kids who are picky eaters try foods accounts, I guess you would say, on Instagram. Yeah. So there's a lot of great ones. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with some of them, like feeding littles or kids eating color. Yeah. And it does seem like it takes a lot of exposure and patience. Yes or even just using a different style of utensil or making the food fun right. to get kids to eat something right. like vegetables. And so, I mean, that it just seems like a lot, but also yeah. a good fight. It's a fight worth fighting, yeah. but. Yes, um, it's not
1: easy. It's, it's, um, and the earlier, of course you start, the easier it is. It's never too late to start, of course, but Yes, it is work. And we do a lot of like playing with our food and creating food art. And in our cooking classes, all of the recipes that we make have a special nutrient dense ingredient like a veggie or a a bean. So just exposing them that way through food and play helps with just making it more familiar and them feeling more comfortable around the foods.
0: Do you find that when you get kids involved in the process, whether it's growing food in a garden or helping chop, do they have more buy-in then and they're more willing to eat the thing?
1: Yes, yes. I hear from parents so many times, like we made um, spinach pancakes and a mom was like, I can't believe my daughter ate spinach pancakes and she wanted more. Or like we make beet pancakes or chickpea cookies and just like kind of unusual recipes. Um, I, one of my favorite quotes from a fifth grade girl was that I didn't think this recipe was going to taste good because it had all healthy ingredients, but it was dessert good, (laughs) (laughs) which is like my goal. I want kids to learn that it can be healthy. It can have vegetables and beans and still be
0: delicious. Right. I know even my niece, um, My cousin has a garden in the backyard, so she'll be so excited to go get the basil or the cilantro and she'll want to add it to her food. And I think we learn that in our education classes, right? Of if you can give kids choices or more buy-in, they're more likely to want to do the thing or do the homework if they can choose out of two books to read, they probably have a better chance of reading the book fully through if they have some type of choice in it. And it makes sense that that would go for the kitchen as well. Um, But what if somebody's listening to this and they're like, Oh my gosh, I have no time as it is. It's so much more challenging to have my kid there cooking with me. And it's going to take longer to get dinner on the table. What do you say to that person?
1: Yeah. Well, I would say, um, you could use cooking in the kitchen as an activity. Like when you're not trying to get a meal on the table, like instead of playing a board game or a card game with your child, you can say, Oh, let's go make some, let's go chop some veggies or just think of it as an extra activity and not like trying to help out during mealtime, which can be stressful. Mm. Um, Or it could just be as simple as uh, pulling up a, a chair at the counter and just giving your child some lettuce or something and just having them rip it. it I mean, it doesn't have to be, and it doesn't even have to be part of the meal. <laughs> they could just be watching <laughs> you and just like ripping lettuce or, you know, washing or drying kale. It could just be simple or even adding a pinch of salt to the meal, something that just takes, you know, five seconds.
0: That's, that's good advice. Cause yeah. I was picturing kids, standing there with you I was thinking that would probably be a lot if at every meal they are trying to get their hands dirty
1: right yeah if you want to take yeah yeah, if you want to take like a Saturday morning for 30 minutes and like actually make something together but set it aside for a time that you're not trying to get food on the table and everybody's starving
0: (laughs) right that's that's a good good tip or I love your idea yeah to kind of replace it instead of playing a board game, it's just another activity. Right. And then that seems much more manageable. Right. Are there special, I think there are, because I've seen them, uh, tools that are made for kids, like knives and things that are safer?
1: Yes, we have some plastic knives that we use, or there's these metal crinkle knives that are, you know, relatively dull, but they make um, a fun design when you cut carrots or something. Like, there's all different kinds of knives for all different ages there's a lot out there to choose from
0: yeah okay cool so then they can have their own little right tools they're using as well so they're not just whipping out a butcher knife right (laughs) and even my my
1: nephew he's two and he just has a wooden knife that came with like a kitchen toy set I mean it's not even going to cut anything but he has a wooden (laughs) uh, you know a wooden apple that he can slice in half you know that's oh yeah for a two-year-old that's perfect
0: Yeah, that's great. That's really cool. When you do your cooking classes, is it all different ages?
1: Yes. um, Most of the kids that attend are preschool and elementary.
0: Oh, okay. So then they're in their own respective homes watching virtually and making something?
1: Yes. They're 30-minute classes and the parents usually join in if the kids are younger And those are the virtual ones. And I do uh, a few in person through different libraries. And I just finished one at a local farm outside, which was really fun just to be outside at a farm.
0: Oh, that's really fun. Yeah. What tips do you have for helping kids snack less? I mean, I don't want to say not snack, because I'm sure all kids need snacks. But um, something I hear from my friends who have kids is they just feel like the kids are constantly eating. It's like, First it's meals, then it's snacks, and it's just everybody's in the kitchen all the time.
1: Yes, it does feel that way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that's a true statement. (laughs) Yeah, it's a true statement. Um,
1: Well, I find when we think of snacks, typically we think of crackers and chips um, and granola bars, and those don't have a lot of fiber and a lot of protein and a lot of fat in it. So you can eat those and be hungry just a few minutes later because there's not a lot of nutrients in them. So I like to serve mini meals. And I like to um, either just put a cutting board out on the table or a muffin tin tray and just kind of fill it with a fruit, a vegetable for some fiber, some cheese for some fat, nuts. I just like to make sure that I have the protein, fat and fiber at each snack so they'll feel full and they can go a couple hours Without eating, and then put some crackers like on the side. Still have the fun food, still have the chips and the crackers, but also have a fruit or vegetable, maybe some turkey, some hummus, something that has more uh, nutrients and substance that'll help keep them full, full for a longer amount of time.
0: Mm, so it's really just kids are snacking a lot sometimes because they're not full,
1: right? Right. Cracker. I mean, Cheez-Its, they don't have much fiber, protein or fat in them, so they're not satiating. So you can have the Cheez-Its, but also have some fiber, some fat and some protein with that.
0: Awesome. Um, Yeah. I've seen that tip of the muffin tins of filling them with different things. And that just seems brilliant.
1: Yes. I I had, uh, my daughter had a friend over yesterday. She's five. And um, she came up to me and she says, Misa, can we have an appetizer because she knows that I like to serve the muffin tin snacks. And so I'm known as the mom who serves the appetizers with the muffin tins.
0: Oh, was, that's really fancy. It was, it was
1: really cute. It's a fun <laughs> way to get veggies and just like make it fun and colorful. And I don't do that all the time. But, you know, when I want to feel when I want the kids to, you know, feel fancy.
0: Yeah. And then <laughs> to go home and tell their parents. Yeah. Misa serves us appetizers. Yeah. <laughs> it's, way, it's a very fun word versus right. snack. Next, they'll be saying you serve them charcuterie. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's really cool. What tips do you have for parents of picky eaters? I know I was looking through your website and you had one that you call the Rate It game. Could you explain that one and then any other tips you have? Yes.
1: So I have this taste that I use with my cooking classes and with my kids at home. And every time we try something new, I say, what do you rate it? So instead of uh, parents are inclined to say, take a bite or try it. But instead of saying, take a bite, say, what do you rate it? So it turns it into a game and makes it feel more fun and I've heard from many parents that this kind of just simple change in language uh, really helps kids uh, be willing to try foods more often. So it's a tasteometer, it's on a scale of zero to 10. And then for the younger kids, you just do the thumbs down, the thumbs to the side, or thumbs up. For the older kids, you know, zero, you don't like it. You don't like it yet. I like to mm. add that word yet at the end because. Um, just fostering that growth mindset. You don't like it now, but maybe you will in the future because our taste buds are always changing. And then um, you know, up to ten. So it's just a fun way we keep the tasteometer on our refrigerator as just a friendly reminder to keep trying foods
0: fun. Oh, so it's an actual little graph thing you use? Yeah,
1: I have. Uh, if you go to my website, people can download it for free. It's just a tasteometer with a scale on it. Oh, nice, cool! Colorful just a fun oh, nice. little tool for parents to use.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's clearly the former teacher in you coming out.
1: Yeah. Right? <laughs> I have fun making little tools.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, as teachers, it's constantly, we're constantly inventing little things like that. Um, but that's awesome. And I love that in order to play, you have to taste it, right? So yes. The tasting is implied rather than can you just try it? Can you try it? Right. Give it one small bite like it or whatever you do to get kids to try it. Right. But then it's less of a battle and it's more just if you want to play the game, right. you have to taste it.
1: Right. There's no pressure if they don't want to taste it. It's not a big deal. And we just move on. But um, I find that majority of the kids in my classes do taste it and they love it and some kids will want to taste every single ingredient and tell me what they rate it they taste (laughs) the garlic they taste the lemon juice and they're like getting all into rating every single ingredient
0: (laughs) yeah of course they do kids will always take it to the next level that's right (laughs) do you have any other tips you mentioned just constant exposure but any other tips for parents of picky eaters
1: Um, making, just making mealtime enjoyable, keeping the focus on each other and the conversation and not on the food. Sometimes if we put pressure on our kids unknowingly, it can backfire. So just keeping the focus on each other and the conversation. Uh,
0: Okay.
1: I like to have a small little plate. I, I noticed, I learned that my kids, when they try something new, especially when they were younger, they did not like to have that food on their plate. Or they would throw it across the table.
0: (laughs) Oh, if they don't like it?
1: Right. So I would just take a napkin and I would have them put that one little pea or that one little grain of rice or whatever it was on the napkin so it's not on their plate, but they're being exposed to it. I think just that exposure and for whatever reason they didn't want it on their plate and they would throw it across the table. So, I came up with the napkin idea.
0: <laughs> no, that's great cuz yeah. it's I mean, yeah, it's in their mind probably that one pea is going to taint the rest of the Yeah. the food with its odor or whatever right. it is that they hated about it. Right. Right. And that's a really good point. Um What about you have a blog post titled 12 Simple Tips to Raise Healthy, Happy Eaters? Mm -hmm. Could you share? um, I mean, maybe sharing all 12 would be too much. I don't know. It's up to you. But (laughs) people can also, I can put a link to that in the show notes. But do you have a few tips from there? Because I was reading through them and those were also very creative.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I have a few that I could share. Tip one was keep our eyes on the goal of creating healthy habits for life. So I think. As parents, sometimes we can only focus on the nutrition, which is important, but if we only focus on the nutrition, we may end up feeding our kids um, yogurt that has a lot of sugar because it has a good amount of calcium in it, and we might end up feeding them chicken nuggets because it does have protein, even though it does have a lot of fat and sugar, and of course those are fine once in a while, but it's important to focus on the habits that we want to create instead of just the nutrition. So think about, um, as a parent, what you want your kids, what kind of habits you want to instill in your kids. For example, I want my kids to eat a variety of different veggies, and as adults have like, you know, an expansive palate. So for me, I serve veggies at every lunch and dinner, and I serve veggies at every, at our morning and afternoon snack. Even if they don't eat it, I just put it on the plate. So my youngest is not a huge fan of veggies yet, (laughs) Um, so I'll just put one carrot stick in her lunch, and she usually eats that one carrot stick. Um, But it's creating, you know, that habit that for lunch or snack, we eat vegetables And Mm. it's just that familiar for uh, making them become more familiar with the carrots. So it's weird when I don't serve a vegetable for a snack.
0: Mm. Yeah. You want them to say, what's going on today? Where was the vegetable?" Yeah.
1: I ran out of vegetables the other day. They're like, where, where's the carrots? (laughs) Where's the veggie? So uh, creating those habits uh, dependent on what your goal is and focusing also on the nutrition, but more on the habits that you want to instill. And another tip would be uh, serve veggies first at dinner, or serve veggies that hour before they're hungry. I know we usually eat dinner around five thirty. My kids start saying they're starving at four thirty or five, (laughs) and uh, I don't want to give them a lot of snacks because they won't eat their dinner. So I'll usually just put a plate of. Uh, veggie sticks and some hummus or ranch dip or something. And if they're hungry, they can snack on that. So they're getting their veggies in even before we sit down to dinner. And if they're starving enough, they'll finish that plate of veggies. And I've heard from many parents that that is a very helpful tip. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then making veggies a convenience food. When I get home from the grocery store, I just like to chop up a bunch of peppers and carrots and cucumbers and keep them in a clear glass container in the fridge at eye level. And so when my girls are hungry and they open the fridge, they can see that it's easy just to pull that out. I know a lot of us, we go for the chips and the crackers because it's convenient and we don't have to, we're starving and we don't have to do anything to prep them. But if the veggies are already prepped, it makes it a little bit easier to get them out and, you know, start eating them. So make them a convenience food, take away that obstacle of having to wash them and cut them. Because usually, you're not as inclined to do that if you're already starving.
0: Hey there, health investor, I hope you're enjoying the episode. Just popping in here for a quick minute to share an exciting opportunity with you. Outside of hosting this podcast, I work as a nutrition coach specializing in sustainable weight loss. If you've been struggling to lose weight and actually keep it off, I'd love to connect with you in my group or one-on-one coaching program. Unlike restrictive, hard-to-follow diets that only provide short-term results, I help you adopt science-backed habits and an everything-in-moderation mindset so that you can lose weight permanently feel completely in control of your cravings, have steady energy throughout the day, and stick with healthy habits long-term. To learn more about my coaching programs and apply to work with me, visit thehealthinvestment.com or follow me on Instagram at thehealthinvestment. Now, back to the episode. No, I love those. And again, I'll link the full article. So there's, that was what, three? So yeah. there's still... Nine others, if people want to check those out, that's a great post that you wrote. Thank you. Um, and I know, even for I work with adults, and even for myself, if something's not easy to grab, then I'm not going to probably go for that thing. Just right. you know, it seems so silly, and I'll have clients say, "It seems so silly that I can't just wash the apple or you know chop it up real quick." And it does seem silly, but. So much of this is about self-awareness or awareness of your kids, I'm sure as well. And just what are you going to reach for when you have 10 minutes between calls or, you know, you're cooking dinner, if things aren't already washed and ready to go, you're probably going to reach for the easiest thing, which might be chips. Right. Um, But even my husband got a huge thing of grapes at Costco and I realized about myself I wasn't even eating the grapes because I had to pull them off the thing and then wash them. And I mean, it took literally five seconds, but then I just stood there for two minutes and pulled all the grapes off the stems, <laughs> washed them in a colander, and then I would grab a handful, so easy. right? And it does seem ridiculous, but yes. that's who we are as humans, right? Yes. We're just it's always funny. gonna go for the path of least, least resistance. Right,
1: it's funny because for the berries, because the berries are expensive and I don't want my girls to eat all the berries in one sitting. I don't wash those yeah. and I yeah, make but- them wash it because that's an extra barrier <laughs> and it yes. makes them last a little bit longer.
0: <laughs> right, so then, yeah, it goes conversely as well. But if you realize, oh, the berries don't get eaten as fast because they're not washed, that probably goes for all of the other things as well. So right. things you want to eat up real quick, wash prep them, them ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, prep them ahead of time. That can, I mean, again, it takes... Also, if you're kind of batching it, you already have all the stuff out. Right. It takes less time than like getting the knife and the chopping board out every single time. Um, but yeah, I love that tip. Do you find that it helps you to plan meals in advance for your family? Do you, or how do you kind of go about the meal plan
1: yeah, aspect? Yeah, I go through phases. I love to meal plan, um, but, <laughs> you know, I go through phases of meal planning and not meal planning. When I do meal plan, I have this index card system. I have this box, and I have a bunch of index cards in there on the front. There's the meal that my whole family likes, and then on the back is the ingredients, and every week, each of my girls will pick out a couple meals that they want. My husband will pick out a meal. I'll usually find a new recipe that I want to try. And then we'll do um, like a leftover night and then we'll do like a takeout night. So I'm meal planning for five meals instead of seven, which seems a little less overwhelming. And it makes it easier to get my girls involved. And so they can each pick out a couple meals that they enjoy. So that's the system that I use when I do meal plan.
0: (laughs) That's so smart. Yeah. To have it on index cards.
1: Yeah, it's nice that it's just all right there and they can easily pick out. And it's just the meals that I know that everybody will enjoy. It's like our, you know, 10 or 15 core meals that we just kind of rotate through.
0: Right. And everybody has those right there, especially for dinner. I mean, I think breakfast can be kind of more monotonous in terms of what we eat, maybe lunch as well, but then dinner can feel for my clients, at least like the most overwhelming part of the day of what do I make? And a lot of the times we just forget our go-tos. So I always say, could you just get a piece of paper and just jot down all of the dinners that your family enjoys? And you probably could come up with 10 to 15 off the top of your head, but then could you hang that inside, uh, one of your cabinets and so that you don't forget these things. I know I forget myself. A friend the other day was saying they made meatballs for dinner. And I thought that is, Brilliant. I haven't made meatballs in months. I totally forgot that was even a thing I could make. Yeah. But we just forget in our busy lives, these quick, easy, delicious things that we can make unless we have them written down. But index cards is a great idea with the grocery list on the back. Yeah. I love that. And then times you're not meal planning. Do you just buy kind of how you described some type of like high fiber carb and a veggie and a protein and just piece things together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've been doing it for so long that I can get away without meal planning. It's just not as when I do meal plan, I like to try new recipes and add to our collection. But when I don't meal plan, it's just the same thing over and over again. So it does get monotonous, but I can usually pull together something with some veggies, some starch and an animal protein.
0: What tips do you find are most helpful that you share with adults during your adult cooking classes?
1: Um, well, I like I heard there's a re- research shows that for optimal health ideally we're eating 30 different species of plants per week which seems overwhelming, right Yeah but I, I like to tell um, my clients that if you just... Think about what you can add to the food that we're already eating. So for example, the meatballs, you can add shredded carrots, shredded zucchini, garlic, onions, flax seeds. And there you've got five plants in a meatball that you already are eating, or you could put it in the meat sauce. Or um, we did this challenge with my girls because I wanted to see, okay, are we eating 30 different species? Because that's a lot. (laughs) And we wrote everything down. And we really shifted our mindset. What can we add to the food that we're already eating? And over one week, we were eating 45 different species because we we're really we added, you know, flax seeds and blueberries to our oatmeal. We added chia seeds to our yogurt. We were adding more things that we don't usually think of. We are trying to get as many points as we could. But I tell that to my clients, and they love that idea, that mindset of what can we add. To our plate because usually adults are thinking, you know, what kind of like the restrictive mindset. What 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 shouldn't I be eating, right? What what plants can we add to make it more nutrient dense? And when you kind of shift your mindset that way, it's easier to get those thirty different plants in per week.
0: Yeah, I love that. I've, I've read also on these kid blogs of blending vegetables into a tomato sauce or doing some type of smoothie. Um, so there's so many different ways you can add the vegetable varieties, but I think as you're mentioning, it just takes the intentionality of it, of just yeah. thinking about it or gamifying it, like you said. Right. Anything that you can make more fun, more yes. enjoyable is going to be easier to do long term because nobody wants to do something that's not fun.
1: <laughs> yes. I find competitions so it's always the way to go in my family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then- well, so- The prize was we, we made a fruit salad with, you know, as many different fruits as we could find at the grocery store. And we all got little medals. I made little medals for our, you know, for the 45 different plants, but we just make it fun, make it a competition.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And again, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like another activity. Yeah. To fill the day. Yes. Um, Yes. Because I'm sure you're always trying to think of new things to keep the kids engaged and busy. Mm -hmm. Do a lot of adults who come to you feel very inept in the kitchen and just not have a lot of confidence in their skills? Is that why they seek you out?
1: Um, well, I'm working with a group of retired women right now and they just want to see how they can amplify their nutrition and feel better and they like they really love um, thinking about ways to add more veggies to their, to their meals and just try new things. I mean, they've been cooking the same way for so long. They just like the different ideas and variety and um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of, I think social media can be so great to introduce you to new approaches to cooking or new. I'm always learning about new snacks or new seasonings because mm-hmm. you do kind of get in a rut and then, you find something new and it's a whole new world. Yeah. (laughs) It opens your eyes. Yeah. Um, But that's, that's cool. Cause I, I also think that a big impediment, at least with my clients to cooking is often lacking confidence in the kitchen. Um, But really you can only get better if you practice. So it's kind of catch 22. Right. Yeah. But that's great. You offer um, for anyone listening classes for adults as well. So if anybody's listening and they, have, they lack confidence in the kitchen, that could be something interesting to check out and for their kids as well.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Thank awesome. You. Well, one of the final questions I ask each of my guests is in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment?
1: Well, I think it's so important to start now investing in our kids' health, whatever age they are. And I think teaching them, teaching our kids how to cook and how to enjoy cooking and how to make healthy and delicious meals is so important and passing it on to the next generation. I think that's just investing in your family's health. I know my mom loved to cook. She passed that on to us and my two sisters and I both enjoy cooking and we all have kids and I'm hopeful that they're able to pass the love of cooking on to their family. So I just think investing in our kids and teaching them how to cook now and how to cook nu- nutritious, uh, delicious food is really important.
0: It is really kind of becoming a lost art in a way. Yes. As you kind of say in your mission statement of creating healthy eating habits in a highly processed fast food world. So now with the click of a button, we can get any meal delivered any time of day. Um, it's, you know, I think it's such an important skill to pass on to kids so that it doesn't die out because really you're in complete control of the meals you make yourself and you can't control that much when you're getting takeout or you're at a restaurant. Um, so just such an important skill, I think. So great work you're doing. Thank you. Um, where can listeners follow and find you?
1: I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Misa's clean kitchen and Misa is M I S -S A and uh, Misa's clean kitchen.com. I have recipes, family friends, Family-friendly recipes. Everything is gluten-free, and I have a blog there. And then I have my virtual cooking classes as well.
0: And are those on your website as well?
1: I'm taking a break from the virtual cooking classes this summer, but they will start. Oh, okay. up, they will start up again in September.
0: Awesome. Okay. And then, are do you just run them every week, or is it usually one a month?
1: It's it's weekly. Oh, yeah. Yep. This summer I'm focusing on in-person local ones. And then as the school year picks up again, I'll start doing virtual again.
0: Oh, great. Okay. So something to look forward to and just check your website. I'm sure you have all the information on there and I'll put links to all of those things in the show notes. Um, But just want to thank you so much Misa for being here today and sharing your wisdom with us. And I look forward to staying connected with you on Instagram and Facebook.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much for having
0: me. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining me here on the Health Investment Podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners. On your way out, remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice